0: You're listening to Pastor Jesse Miller of City Lights Church. So he divides everybody up, and when he finds that one little difference, he's like, die heretic. And I say that, I, I, well, he says that, and the, you know, we can laugh at that this morning if you have a sense of humor, if not, sorry. Um, but unfortunately, unfortunately, that's been the truth throughout truth, uh, church history. It's re- it really has been a statement of the truth. Like if you differ on one little minor, minor thing, we can't associate. And you're a heretic. And the thing is, this morning, we're going through the book of Corinth, or, for, or First Corinthians, at the ch- to the church of Corinth, And this is the first thing that Paul addresses. Last week we talked about how there's trouble and there's a mess. There's just a mess in Corinth. There's a mess in in life in general. But if we focus on Christ, right, remember this? If you see Christ through the mess, you're able to see people and you're able to see him glorified and you're able to keep going. You're able to declare Christ in the mess. And so he states, like, I, I'm thankful for God. I'm thankful for Christ for what he's done in you. I'm thankful for you. There's a huge list of big mess. It's a, we'll see over the next few weeks the mess of the first, of first Corinthians. But the first thing he addresses, and to me this is really shocking, the first thing that Paul addresses to this church that's a mess is there's division among them. There are fights and quarrels among them. They're arguing over different thoughts, different philosophies, he addresses that before he addresses sexual immorality, drunkenness over communion wine, before messing up the gifts of the Spirit drastically, he, before divorce, before lawsuits in the church. We'll get to all those things. But he addresses that first, division. Let's read this, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no divisions among you. But that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is a quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Paulus, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. So that no one may say that I was baptized in my name. I did also baptize also the household of Stephanus, but beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. So that's, that's an interesting passage, right? There's a lot in there, and I'm going to try to unpack it this morning. Um, you're not going to make it out of here by 12 o'clock. I hope that's all right with you. When the Holy Spirit comes and worship and throughout the service, we just let him do his thing. That's, a, that's our statement here at City Lights. So I apologize if you missed the buffet. Old Country Buffet is closed now, so you're going to have to go somewhere else anyway. Um, anyway, so there's a lot happening in this chapter. It's the first thing he says is like, there, I hear from Chloe's people. She, her people have come to me and told me there is a lot of fighting I've heard a lot of other things, but this is the first thing I'm going to address. Some of you guys are saying, well, I follow Paul, and some of you guys are saying, I follow Paulus, and some of you are saying, I follow Cephas, and some of you are saying, I follow Christ. I want to explain. In there, here's the church in Corinth, right? And there's a heavy, it's, it's a Roman territory. And Roman culture, they took pride in their intellectualism, it took pride in their philosophers. Their teachers, their leaders, and so whoever you learned from—that was a major source of pride. Right? This is this is like you know people taking pride for their colleges, but a lot more intense. In Roman culture, you would have what's called sophists or sophists. They would literally—they were philosophers who would travel around and they would teach their wisdom. They would teach their way of life. They would teach their philosophies. And what they would do is they would look for people that they could basically make disciples out of. So when they left, they would want these disciples to fight with other disciples, to quarrel and fight it out. Who is the best sophist? Who is the best philosopher? Who is the best in Roman intellect? Who is the smartest in our city? And so the sophists would come in, they would speak their thing, make a disciple, and leave. And then there'd be a fight between all the different sophists or sophist disciples. That's what's happening here. You have a Roman culture hearing Paul, hearing Apollos, hearing Cephas, which is was just Peter the disciple, hearing their teachings and begin quarrelling about who was the smartest among them. So you have following Paul, right? So Paul is a Pharisee. He's persecuting Christians, and he gets rocked by God, and he's a, the best missionary we can see. He's the biggest con- contributor to the Bible, the New Testament, and so you have people who are saying, "Well, Paul is the guy that I follow. He's the best philosopher. He's the best teacher." And then after Paul, when Paul comes to Corinth, he's there for about a year and a half, and he leaves. And then shortly after that, Apollos comes. Apollos is from Egypt, from Alexandria, which is known as, like, the smartest city in the world, the most intellectual city. And he's a Jewish philosopher. He studied under a Jewish philosopher. But then he's found Christ, and he comes to Corinth, and he teaches them. And then there's dialogue between Paul and him and discussion about the faith. These are allies in the faith, right? These are co-laborers for the faith together. And some people here in Corinth are saying, well, you can follow Paul. Apollos is my special teacher. And we'll argue over style and preference. And then others say, well, it's Peter, he was a disciple. We don't have any proof that Peter actually came to Corinth, but we do know that his teaching was there, and somehow they were so strong about his teaching that they decided to argue against the, te- the, the teaching of Paul, right? And then you have other people. let me before we get into this last group, today, so we see those multiple teachers, right? How, what does that look like in the church today? We have that in the church today. We have some people who say, well, I'm with John Calvin or I'm with Luther or I'm with Spurgeon or I'm with John Piper today or I'm with Bill Johnson or with Kenneth Copeland or Mark Driscoll or Matt Chandler or Randy Clark or N.T. Wright or Tim Keller or Francis Chan. We have this in the church, right, where we all of a sudden take big pride in who we've studied under. What Bible college did you go to? Oh, well, you went to Wheaton. I went to Moody. I went to Lancaster Bible College. I went to Dallas oh, what church do you go to? What denomination are you a part of, right? We do this, where we grab onto a philosophy or a theology of a certain group, and we say, anybody who's not a part of this little sect right here under this teacher, they're not enlightened, and they're dumb, and they're demonic. We do that. Whether we say the word demonic or, or whatever, we do that in our hearts. I grew up with that. If you weren't a part of this denomination, you were not a part of the body of God. You were somehow lesser than me. That was the mindset that I grew up in. That was the mindset I experienced in Scranton when I first moved here. Thank God that is being removed. Thank God that is going away. Here we see that his desire, that there is no division among us, that you be united in the same mind of the same judgment. So you have this happening. You you can even happen, let's be really honest here, if I can do this. Um, have you ever gone to a church that you love their pastor, and don't say here, I mean, hopefully you love me, but like it's a guest speaker or it's the associate pastor, right? And you're like, oh, that guy. I don't like that guy. This is going to be an awful service. Like, let's be real. I've been there. I've done that many times. I've gone to churches like, that's not the guy I like. This guy is somehow not good. I just don't like him. Like, we, we, we have this natural income, for some reason ministry is the one job like where you walk in here, and let's be real, you come in and like, how many of us leave the service and we automatically go through our, our checklist in our head? Well, worship was not quite good. The pastor stuttered, and the video didn't play correctly, and uh, he couldn't get the right city when he said about Paul and the road to somewhere, starts with a D, right? We, we do that. Like, we begin to make this checklist as if we're a waiter giving us food, and you've got to see how much of a tip I can get. Do we want to go to the full 18%, 18%? It's now 20%. I don't know about that. He didn't quite do the job for me. See, that's what we do, though. We are naturally critics of everything. And we wanted to begin to divide and figure out who was the best and will only serve the best. When I was a, when I was a kid, I remember, this is, this is in our nature. This is in our nature. When I was a teenager, I liked a lot of weird bands, okay? So please don't judge me on my band selection. But I like this band, you probably all know them, called the Goo Goo Dolls, Right? And like, oh, I hear their songs on the radio. Iris, man, it get me in my heart. Oh, I just want the world to know who I am. Like, oh, it gets me right here. So I hear these songs. Uh, Baby's Black Balloon. Mm, yeah, right? So I listen to this music. And I go by the CD. And I'm listening to the CD. First song's awesome. Second song's great. Third song, who is this guy singing? This is not Johnny Resnick. This is some other dude that I don't know. And all of a sudden, the band is now somewhat less than because not the singer that I really, really like, right? We do this. That's a silly example. But we do this with everything and with theology and with our life. We just judge people. And we begin to pull ourselves away from the rest as somehow we're more enlightened. Somehow we're better than. So you have those people who follow Paul or argue about following Apollos or, or Peter. But then you have this last group, and I think it still happens in church today, They say, well, I just follow Christ. And he says, it's Christ divided. And before we get happy about this, this is not a good thing. Let me explain. When they said, I just follow Christ, they're not saying, like, I just love Jesus. Let's all be united. They're saying, you can follow Paul. You can follow Apollos. I don't want your leadership. I don't want the leadership of the church. I'm going to be my own leader. I'm going to just follow my own theology off of Christ. This is the believers who say, I don't need the church. I don't need teachers. I don't need pastors. I don't need any kind of spiritual authority in my life. I don't need that. Don't want that. Instead, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna be my own pastor and I'm gonna just say it's just me and Jesus, and I'm the only one who knows the truth. Everybody else is false. I'm enlightened because in that church and that church and that church, there's bad people who sin. And here in my home church, with just me, myself, and I and my dog, that we've got it figured out, right? That's what this is talking about here. This is not people who are really good and like they they got their eyes on the prize. This is people who are still thinking with pride that I'm self-righteous, that I just follow Jesus. Oh, man, I'm trying to judge my crowd today. Okay. Got an email a couple weeks ago, and if you're in this room, I apologize, but you're part of the problem. Um, I've never met this person. I got an email a few weeks ago. says, I'm looking for a whole Bible-preaching church. Uh, I've been searching the area for six years for a good church that preaches Jesus. I need to know if you are that church who really preaches the truth. If not, don't waste my time. Please let me know. And I'm like, how do I respond to that without without being aggressive? Because six years, you can't find one church. I think it's you, not the church. Anyway, so I didn't respond. Two weeks or a week later, I sent you an email, haven't heard anything back. I want to know. Don't waste my time. If you don't respond to me, I'll consider you a liar like the rest of the churches. Right? This is self-righteousness. I'm looking for people who only do exactly what I do. So I can't find them. So it's just me and Christ off in the corner doing our holy huddle. This is not unity in the body. This is division. This is the first thing that Paul says, got to stop. It has to stop. Amen, somebody. This is pride. We can can do the same thing with having pride. The fact that we go to a non-denominational church. I'm not preaching against denominations at all. What I am preaching against is self-righteousness and pride. Well, if, we, if you say, well, I go to a non-denominational church and the Assemblies of God, the Baptists, the, the, the brother—and they're all wrong, then you've got the same source of pride that Paul's trying to address here. It's, it's not about what denomination. It's not about the teacher. We'll talk later about how God desires us to respect and trust leaders, to, to submit to authority in the church. That's true. But when we make it an issue of self-righteousness and pride, that's completely missing the point. We're completely missing Christ. He says, is he divided? Is Christ divided? No. And then I love that Paul has this funny moment of kind of like self-forgetfulness. He's like, did I baptize an idiot? Well, I did baptize him. And then maybe that other family. But that's not the point. Like, uh, it's just a funny thing that Paul says there. He's like, you're missing the point. John, see, so often, how many of you guys have heard said, man, I wish the church was just like the early church, right? Because As if the early church had everything perfect. I've heard that so many times. The early church, here it is. They've had the same heart issues that we did. It quickly turned into divisions among them. And we have to address it now the same way they had to address it then. I love when Jesus says in John 13, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. He leaves them with this last great commandment, love each other, stop arguing, stop being selfish, stop being self-righteous, love each other. That's the only way that the the people, the world, the unbelievers will ever see that God is really real is when the church begins to unite instead of divide. That's why I'm so excited about next weekend next Sunday night where we get to come together and worship. We've reserved downtown for this summer. We are doing a Christ Together worship night in the square downtown because we want the world to see that we are a church together and united behind Christ. Not divided over silly things. That's our desire. We want to be a church united together. So Christ is not divided. He says that we should all be in one mind. We, this means not that we agree on every little detail. That's not what it's saying. It's not that we all be the same robot. We all wear the same clothes. We We speak the same way and we have worship. That's not what he's saying. It's that we all have the mind of Christ, that we all focus on the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we know who he is. We know the foundations of what we believe, that we know Christ. At City Lights Church, we created what we call our City Lights Catechism. We don't want to fight over eschatology. We talked about this last week in our final group. We don't want to argue if you're pre-trib, a-trib, whatever, ah a-millennial, post-millennial. I don't care. Do you know that Jesus is coming back? you know that he's the only way of salvation, that you're a sinner and you needed Christ to become a saint. Do you know those things? That is the one mind that we can come together on, that this is Christ's body, that he is doing something, that we need him. That is the one mind. Jesus, uh, Bill Johnson says that Jesus is perfect theology. That's, That's so true. When we look at Christ, when we keep him as the center of our attention, the center of our heart, then everything else is just silly philosophy. But when we hang on to him, him crucified, him glorified, him as our redemption, then that's perfect. We're not wrong in that. What I'm not saying this morning, I want you to hear me on this. I'm not saying that unity is open tolerance to all things. I'm not saying that we just accept sin and forget about sin or we... You know, if somebody wants to come in here and say that Jesus isn't Lord or God, that we say, well, we love you anyway. No, we address those issues. We address them. We're honest about it. There's a difference between sin and preferences. There's a difference between what's broken and corrupt and then what we just like the most, right? Maybe you need me to explain a little bit. We will always address sin. We will always confront it here at City Lights Church, whether that's sexual immorality, um, jealousy, gluttony. Sexual immorality, I'm I'm talking about homosexuality or sex before marriage or sex outside of marriage. It's sin in God's eyes. I'm just going to be honest about it. It It doesn't mean we don't love those people. It doesn't mean we don't show that God has redemption for those people. It's just being honest. We will always be honest about sin. And we can't stand around and say, well, I'm more self-righteous than you when I got issues of gluttony or anger or greed or pride or whatever it is in me. I have to be honest and say this is a spot in my life that needs sanctified before God. I need to put at his feet and make him Lord over. Some of you guys are already angry at my checklist I just said right there. You're like, check off the list, never coming back. Well, sorry. We have to call out sin, but we don't cause division. We, call, we love people. We ask for repentance. We ask that God be our everything. Let me, let me say it this way. If Haley, my daughter, my oldest daughter, she just turned seven. If she's running around the house and, and one day she's running around because she's always running around. She's seven and she's always running around. Please stop. But say one day she decides to go in the, the knife drawer and pull out the butcher knife. And she's running around with the butcher knife. This didn't happen. So chill out. I, I feel like you know, it's like, oh my gosh call child services it's not heaven but say she's running around the house with a butcher knife in her hand i'm not protecting her by ignoring her right it'll lead to death so i say haley that leads to death you're gonna stab yourself please stop and then i run over and grab her and try to help her stop or i take the knife out of her hand if possible right if she responds no dad it's it's fine because i deeply desire to do this It's inside of me. It makes me feel good. Running around with scissors, um, that will kill people. But I have a knife, and this is different. Do I then say, well, I guess it's okay because she's not running around with scissors. It's okay, I guess. And she really believes that it's it's her prerogative, and she believes in a good dad who will protect her either way. So I'll just let her do her thing. Does that make sense? No, we wouldn't do that. And it's the same way when a church calls out sin. We don't sit and fight over preferences, but we call out sin. And we say, look, that's going to lead to death. That's not God's design. That's not what brings life, what produces. But that will lead to death. That's what the church's responsibility is. That's what pastor's callings are, to look and to, pa- to, to be a shepherd. A shepherd goes to a sheep and brings it back into the flock, protects it from wolves. It's, we smack them when they're doing something stupid, and we kill wolves. That's what we're supposed to do. See, submitting to the lordship and salvation of Christ means that when he says that leads to death, then we respond with, help me, God, because I don't want to do this anymore. Too many people mean, think that being saved is simply saying, I believe in a Jesus who died on a cross and rose again. That is not being saved. It's saying, I submit every area of my life to the lordship of you. Because I'm a broken sinner, and I need repentance, and I need your sanctification to carry me throughout eternity. That's what being saved means, if we want to say that. Asking Jesus into your heart is not some prayer you say, and you were baptized, and all of a sudden now we're good, and we can do whatever we want. It's saying, I submit to you. You are my only hope. I need you, Jesus. And if there's some area of sin, David said, search me, O God, and know me. That is the heart of somebody who has a heart after the Father, who is saved, if you will. It says, God, point out the areas of flaw. Making sense? I know this is a little bit different than church division, but I'm trying to be honest this morning. We have to be a church united around the truth, not around practice. And this is where people get angry about styles of services and and the music that's done. I remember a big thing for me growing up was people angry that we had drums in our church. Sorry. As if drums didn't exist in the Old Testament. They did, sorry. People arguing over dress code. Some mornings I'm wearing a suit. Some mornings I'm wearing a jean, jeans and a, and a button-up shirt when I come in here. Have you noticed that? I, there is no dress code here. Just wear something nice. Please don't show all of your body. That would be weird if I did that, right? <laughs> Just be weird, right? I'm not trying to cause anybody to lust. It would be a problem. We don't. We're not arguing over clothing. Why there are so many churches? I remember growing up in churches where they would push people out the door and say, "Don't come back until you get longer pants on. Your shorts are to the knee, and we cannot see a knee." Right? I've been there. This is division in the church over silly things, over style of worship, over over different giftings. Like, come on, let's stop doing that. Mark seven. Verses 6 through 9 says this. This is Jesus talking. He quotes Isaiah. This people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandments of God, but hold to the traditions of men. And he said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. He's saying to them, Look, you are trying to figure out your traditions, and when somebody does something in the move of the Spirit or what God's willing to do, you yell at them because they're violating your practices. It's not about your practices. It's not about what makes you feel comfortable. It's about what God's doing in the moment, what God's saying, what God's declaring. This morning, some of you guys felt really uncomfortable when Kenny knocked the mic down and was just going by the Spirit. I was excited and thrilled because God was speaking to us this morning. We cannot be people who are so stuck in our tradition. Well, this doesn't look like the normal way. Jesus didn't look like the normal way. He was different. He did things different. We have to be led by the Spirit. So, the last part of this section that we read is he's talking about baptism, and we believe in baptism here strongly at City Lights Church. We believe that is a statement from a new believer to the rest of the world, saying, "I am dead to my old life. I am resurrected in Christ. I am a new creation." I'm in Christ. Make sense? And Paul here, people are arguing over who baptized them. And Paul's like, I'm really glad that I didn't baptize you. Well, I did baptize a few people. Not the point. What I want to say this morning, what that shows us is that church is not about you. It's not about the individuals. It's not about who did what or who's on the stage or who does this thing, right? Right? Paul tells us, later on we'll see this about, you know, I I planted Apollo watered and God gave the increase. We have to recognize when it's not about me, it doesn't matter if I plant the seed, if I baptize somebody, if I lead them to the faith, if I prophesy over them, or if I help them out in Bible school, or if I, whatever. It's not about that. It's all about God getting the increase. It's all about the Holy Spirit doing the work. If we focus on Christ, that's, then we're, then we're, there we're right but when we focus on our part when we fo- we take pride in our part then we're completely missing the point the only name that we are to be baptized in is the name of the father who made you the son jesus who ransomed you and the holy spirit who transforms you those are the names that we're baptized in so when i baptize somebody it's not in my name it's in his just just on easter sunday Jeremy came to me the week before and he said, hey, can I be baptized? What do we have to do for Bob to do it? And I I said, nothing. I'll just tell Bob what to do. It's not about me. I love it when somebody else who led somebody to faith gets to do the baptism. It's a great moment in somebody's walk with God is their baptism. It's, It's an awesomely important moment. But it wasn't about Bob in that moment. It wasn't about me in that moment. It was about Jesus, the Holy Spirit bringing increase into a life. That's what the church has to become about. And when you're able to see that, you don't fight over which tribe you're a part of, which denomination you're a part of. And things like next Sunday night excite you. They thrill you. It's a way for us to link arms and say, we're in this together. It's about his kingdom, not my kingdom. I've invited a few other churches to that Thursday night service here as well because I realize it's not about City Lights getting everything we can from the Bethel guys or whatever. It's not about that. It's about us coming together, worshiping God, and saying it's all about Jesus anyway. It's all about Jesus. It's never about a guest speaker. It's never about some ministry team. It's never about me. It's never about Kenny. It always has to be about him. Right? Amen? This morning... If we can stand, let's get ready for worship one more time. We have to focus and make our life about the fact that the message of the cross is powerful enough to transform lives regardless of speakers' credentials or delivery styles. You might not like my delivery today, and that's okay, I didn't really either. But it's not about my style. It's about the message of Jesus himself. That's why God has chosen to use us human vessels to proclaim him because it's never about the vessel. It's always about him. Jesus, Jesus will use any person. We'll talk about that in the next few weeks. He will use any person to to do what he wants to do because God is that good. And this morning as we worship, I want us to take a few moments in our hearts to ask God to forgive us. Of intolerance against churches and denominations, against anger and aggression, against self-righteousness. I want us to say, God, forgive me of self-righteousness. For all the times that I viewed that other denomination or that speaker as something less than. My wife and I were just talking about this last night. And God's convicted our hearts. Like it's not about style, it's about God changing people. It's about God doing his thing. Who cares about style? who am I to judge? Who am I to say, that's not God, right? So let's let's ask God to forgive us of that. I have to do that in my own heart. I'm repenting before you today for judgment in my heart against other pastors, other denominations. And I ask that God would be the thing that unifies us, that his son would be the thing that we delight in and the only source of pride. Let's worship him this morning.